Hey, everybody. Lori. We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hyben, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. I be here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I'm thrilled to have you here for another amazing episode. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, LinkedIn is the channel that you'll find me on. Search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and any upcoming events you might see me at. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer you have to first understand your customer. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. The topic of relationships ties in very closely with marketing. That's why I'm bringing on marketing experts with a variety of backgrounds for you to learn and grow from. Today's guest is Martin Schneider. Martin has had a unique career that has spanned both analyst and marketing practitioner roles focused on high technology and related industries. The unifying factor has always been a keen analysis of go-to-market trends while also having achieved success as a marketing leader. Schneider started his career as a journalist covering B2B technologies and quickly transitioned into a leading analyst covering application software for the 451 Group in New York City, where he specialized in CRM, marketing automation, and business intelligence analytics technologies. After analyzing go-to-market strategies of dozens of technology vendors, Schneider made the move to the vendor side, where he led successful go-to-market teams for several startups and established tech providers, including Sugar. CRM, Basho Technologies, Caspio, and Support Logic. Schneider brings a wealth of marketing and sales alignment, content strategy, and other go-to-market expertise to his role at Annuitas Research. He's excited to be merging his two passions in producing research and analysis around modern go-to-market and growth marketing strategies for a broad set of B2B professionals. Martin, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Lori. It's, uh, it's great to be here. It's it's great to have you here. You've got quite the um, quite the background, as, yeah. as I read and shared with our listeners yeah. here. Um, but I'm sure that brings, I mean, all that uh, experience um, builds up to a wealth of knowledge that I'm sure you're, you're going to share with with our listeners here. So can you tell me more about, well, let's just talk about um, Annuitas uh, a little bit. So so what exactly um, is your role within this organization and and what your what is the big picture that you're you're trying to achieve here? Sure, sure. So uh, Annuitas is you know kind of a boutique management consultancy where uh, they focus pretty much just on go-to-market transformation. And they've done, they've been around over a decade and they've done well over a hundred like enterprise level transformations. And recently the CEO, Adam Needles and I had a conversation and I was looking for a new challenge. And he said, look, we have all these amazing data points. Uh, we've worked with all these really great companies. What we want to do is synthesize some of this stuff into, you know, syndicated and also some customer search for our clients and non-clients, you know, marketers, go-to-market leaders, 
leaders, uh, even C-level people at large who are looking to transform the organizations, given all the challenges that we're facing today. And I said, that's really cool, but I don't necessarily want to just be like a, a glorified consultant for you guys. Uh, so what we've done is we actually built out this kind of new like uh, subsidiary, if you will, inside Annuitus called Annuitus kind of slash research. And we're essentially building an, an analysis firm inside the company where we're driven by both the kind of quantitative research from these hundred plus go-to-market transformations and all the awesome data points that we can get from both kind of KPIs and benchmarks and things that we can create as best practices analysis and, and research and knowledge. And then the kind of uh, qualitative stuff that I bring to the table, both from my uh, my tenure as a go-to-market leader and, and analyst in the past, as well as my relationships with the go-to-market vendors, both as like kind of let's call it co-opetition, competitor, uh, partner, all those types of things. So, so continuing to be in that world and kind of straddling the side of, well, what is the technology doing? Where is it going? Uh, what can you learn from a, a practitioner and kind of, uh, you know, last mile perspective? And and how does your mindset need to change to face some of the challenges we're facing now and tomorrow? Yeah, wow. That, I mean, that's there's so much to unpack here, but yeah. we've only got about 20 minutes. So <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it um, actually, I want to go down this path. So obviously, we met at the B2B Ignite Summit in yeah. Chicago. Um, and you you had a keynote and you're talking about the concept of converged growth. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what that means? Yeah. So, so this kind of came about, I mean, look, on the one hand, it's it's just like it's macro level reality, right? Uh, but really the the kind of the practitioner and, and kind of the actual go-to-market and the way that we're bringing this out in the form of like some things we'll talk about, but also just how we consult for our clients is that, you know, there's so many macro level factors that have change. And I saw this as a go-to-market leader where, you know, we've seen SaaS, software as a service, change the way that like tech goes to market. And then that had a ripple effect of like the subscription economy, right? Where instead of like you buy a product and you use it and you may or may not buy it again, it's like, how do you get people to kind of join or subscribe? You know, like the way that the world has changed, right? We don't, yep, yep. We don't go to the movies, we subscribe to Netflix, right? We don't, um, you know, we, we don't, think of getting rides, we we constantly utilize our app Uber and we kind of subscribe to the concept that, that Uber is always there for us, right? Mm -hmm. So yep. this whole concept has created a change in how the customer journey just kind of is from a go-to-market and engagement perspective where, where go-to-market leaders really focused on like a little bit of product ideation to like make sure they were kind of fitting the need of their market. But then it was like very pre-sales, right? It's, it's how do we get found? How do we convert uh, leads to opportunities? And how do we help sales close those leads, right? Yeah. And then it's kind of like black box, right? question mark, right? <laughs> and we need to extend that, right, to the post-sale because there are, there are you know, power users, there are influencers, there's decision makers when you move to an as-a-service or retention, recurring revenue, whatever you want to call it, economy or model, business model, you need to have a go-to-market engagement that's full journey. Yeah. And so many companies and even agencies and consultancies do not do a full journey approach. They they haven't mapped the engagement methodology, what we call the conversation track architecture, the kind of content, the channels, the personas and all that for full journey. It's all really stops at like the point of sale, right? Or or contract yeah. or whatever you want to call it in B2B versus B2C. And, and, and especially in B2B, it needs to be longer because even forever, before all these crazy things that happened over the last 15, 20 years, most B2B companies did business with the same people over and over again, but the yeah. technology didn't really work that way, right? It 
was like, our lead stuff thinks you're a lead and you're kind of brand new, even if I've known you for 50 years, right? Yep. And the CRM kind of looks at you as a new opportunity and the data siloed and, you know, the customer data isn't really in a value chain. It's just sitting in these silos. So, so we need to just change at like every level. We need to change like how we organize, uh, how we engage the content, the way we look at the personas, the way, you know, the way the processes flow, the technology that we use, uh, not necessarily just the technology, but how we use it and how it works with each other. And then the data side needs to be better than, than ever. I mean, we get better every day with data uh, in terms of integration and, and improvement and augmentation and even AI helping us. But we need to think of it from a full journey perspective, right? So mm-hmm. that's really the converged growth idea is thinking about orchestrating engagement along the entire customer journey, spanning pre-sale and post-sale, almost like an infinity loop rather than like a line, right? Sure. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, I, I think that's really important to take a look at a lot of, a lot of our clients, even they're just fo- so focused on, you know, how many leads are we getting right now? But there's yep. a lot of opportunity for even upselling. And, and I mean, if anything, retention should be your number one priority is you want to yeah, exactly. keep your current clients. You want to minimize any sort of turn that's happening there. Um, but, it, and, and that can, that's yeah, the entire customer journey. You, you can't just look at that top of funnel approach of, of, of business because, um, I like that infinity loop um, <laughs> analogy. It totally makes sense. It's a constant flow of re-energizing your current and your new and your old opportunities. Exactly. Like, and, and a lot of people get like, they think, oh, well, we need to work better with customer success. And that's 100% true. But customer success needs to think about it from a, a growth lens rather than a onboarding renewal lens, right? It needs Correct. to be where those upsell, where are those growth opportunities? Yep. And how can I both predictably, but also be held responsible for growth, not just retention, because retention's like table stakes, right? Yep, yep. And because you look at great companies like Salesforce, right? 75% of their revenue in a quarter, like new dollars that they didn't have the quarter before, the year before, come from their existing customers. Sure. They grow accounts like crazy. You know, they're, they're a new business juggernaut, and but not, you know, not so much because they've saturated so much of the world. So even they've learned, like, we've got to, like, we got, you got to grow inside every account, whether that's yep. from like 5,000 ARR to, 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 to 7,000. That's huge. That's incredible lift, right? Yeah, uh, when it adds up, right? If even if you're a small business looking to, to to get that incremental value, it's incredibly effective in growing the top line yeah. and doing it profitably, right? It's way more profitable to do it to your install base than try to land new customers, right? Absolutely. So, what's driving this interesting evolution and in how growth leaders that you're talking about are looking at approaching go to market right now? Look, I, th- I think it, I think we've kind of hinted at it, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's the idea that look, we. We've changed the models of like delivery and like payment. And like, we've done all the infrastructure things, billing, you know, all these things that needed to be done in this new recurring model of everything, subscription economy, whatever buzzword you want to use, right? But we have like, we never thought about the go-to-market and engagement strategies for the second half of that, right? We've never extended that part down the line. So that's really what's needed because what what are we being forced with? We keep, you know, what do we hear a week or so ago in Chicago, right? more with less, yep, um, yep. you know, uh, leverage data in ways that you never have. But well, what's the data need to be about? It's got to be about, well, what's the customer experience that's driving new opportunities for growth, right? It's about how do we find lift, not just revenue? And how do we focus on the metrics and the KPIs that matter, not the ones that are like what I would call kind of short-sighted, you know? How many times does a CMO pat the team on the back and say, look, we did 115% of our uh, lead handoffs to sales for sales accepted leads. We're all Awesome. But the company misses a 
its number. So yeah. then fingers get pointed and people start, yeah. you know, and, and there's distrust and, and factions and all those types of things right, that, that start to dysfunction, right? But because because there wasn't a shared growth plan, there wasn't an understanding of like, well, well, what is a good lead? What is, you know, and 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 where did the post-sale uh idea of it like how how do we not market effectively to these people to get lift and growth inside our accounts rather than just focusing on net new and blah blah blah, right? So I mean that's really what's happening, right? Like if everyone's using this term growth and you see these things like growth hacking and and you use a term like hacking and I'm like that sounds a lot like just random haphazard acts of marketing that are not strategic they're not aligned to the entire journey and that's really what what's driving this right we need to have a full journey orchestrated approach that understands you know who are the personas for pre-sale who are the personas for post-sale what is that conversation track what kind of content what kind of channels when do we when do we provide that what are what are the indicators that say this is upsell versus this is reinforcement of just baseline stuff of making sure they're actually using our product effectively, that kind of thing. And, and really building these models full journey. That's really what's driving it. Need for that. Because that that's what drives perpetual, which is super important when you think of perpetual versus like haphazard random acts of like a campaign versus an, a total engagement model, right? And that's the difference. People need that because that's what builds sustainable growth, not, uh, not these random acts that people still kind of talk about. You know, it was interesting even at the event, seeing people talk about this was a great campaign. And I say, yeah, well, how does that tie into your overall conversation track and your full journey engagement model? No one yeah, can answer 100%. that question, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. You're looking at one one sliver of, of the entire journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's really fascinating to look at the entire customer journey and like what, what knob do we turn? What lever do we pull to really increase the overall experience from exactly. in that infinity loop? Um, exactly. But, yeah. Because this is this is what's really, um, you, you put on a really cool thing about that, that knob's the turn. Because when you're only focusing on like resales, what do you do? You say more leads, any leads, or you say cold calls or, you, you, or just throw emails out, right? Yeah. And, and that's that's so limited because you only have this tiny slice, like you say, of the journey. But when you're actually analyzing and pulling metrics across the entire journey, you can actually start to get, you know, and, and using analytics and AI and all this really cool stuff that we have at our, at our fingertips now, you can actually start to understand, okay, where can we turn these knobs? Instead of just doing it kind of, you know, arbitrarily, sure. because that's what we've done for the last 50 years, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, and you can do it, and that becomes way more cost-effective. The ROI becomes exponential. And then it, it's just like, like you create this benevolent cycle of optimizing rather than what I like to call testing, right? Because you're really like testing and optimizing are very different, right? Yep. Testing is you're still guessing. Optimizing, it's working, but let's make it better. And that's a huge difference. Totally. hundred percent. So how do you actually create a demand experience for the post-sale stages of the customer journey that can be repeatable and scalable? And you mentioned perpetual. Yeah, I think like, again, we call it a conversation track architecture, but once you actually map the journey, and a lot of people have done that, right? But then they don't do anything else, right? Uh, When you actually identify the personas, the content, the channels, the pain points, and all these types of things, and you build it, you say, you're just extending, like, let's call them drip campaigns, you know, if you want to get really like practical about it, right? Yeah. You're, you're extending those engagement models across those channels. You're building into like your chat and, and your other types of, uh, of flows. You're, you're just including the full journey so that you're actually aligning, you know, content uh, and touch points together and, and channels so that you're actually giving people what they need in a much more automated, I don't automated might not even be the right sense, but just, but just there, just actual structured way where it's not, if the, if the customer success 
business manager doesn't get to that person in the post in the entirety of the post sale cycle, it's a total black box. We don't know what's going on. So how do we how do we create engagement so that we can actually measure the actual like are they responding to this? Are they not responding to this? Is this content helpful? Is it not helpful? What's the feedback loops and reincorporating that? And like I said, optimizing not just testing and 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 building that model. So first you you map the journey, you create the conversation track architecture, you you analyze your tech stack to figure out and where are the gaps, right? And sometimes it's it's extending the value of, of technology you have. And sometimes maybe it's a little bit very evolutionary, not revolutionary, not really rip and replace. And you figure out a way to create that customer data value chain that's informing you where your customer is at every stage so that you know what knobs to turn, like we said, right? And and that's incredibly simplified, right? But when you kind of, that's like four stages of, and kind of ideas. Like we do what we call our go-to-market assessments and we and we build these out and we look again, all those things like how's your organization? Because like organizational hierarchy is important because it's like, how many times is it just like, we've built it like, here's our CMO and here's product marketing and here's corporate marketing, but how does that really align to the customer journey and, and how they can be more effective? Can you create overlays that actually say the jobs to be done at this phase, product marketing needs to work with product, but they also need to work with brand and, and, and sales needs to work with product uh, to get feedback loops and customer success needs to be way more integrated with product marketing and, 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 and content marketing, you know, rethinking, you know, how these uh, organizational hierarchies run for a full journey engagement model um, that thinks about that converged growth mentality, you know, you kind of got to do it, you know, and you're not, again, it doesn't change how people get paid. It doesn't change who they necessarily report to in quotes, but from a jobs to be done overlay, you can be really effective in creating these matrices that, that sit on top when you're really thinking about, well, what are we doing to actually create that demand experience, which is, which is a little different than the customer experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's just a lot to unpack too. <laughs> yeah, we could do like um, a two hour podcast easily. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have that kind of time right now. Yeah, exactly. We'll create a series. We'll do a part B and part C. Um, but Martin, I'm, I'm going to just kind of switch the conversation a little bit up because this is fascinating, but um, also being conscious of the time that we have. Um, sure. I'm curious if you could go back to your 20 year old self, Ooh. what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Um, definitely network more. I was one of those people that when I was younger, I thought I was like really like smart and I thought the books and all that kind of stuff were going to give me what I needed. But if I had the chops, everything was going to work out. But there's a lot of who you know, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of opportunities, but also just learning opportunities, right? Like network and be open that like other people have good ideas, even if they're not your idea, right? Yeah. Uh, that kind of idea and, and just learning, reading. I, like I should have read more, um, like more industry books early. I, I kind of got into that late, you know? Uh, okay. And, you know, especially at my 20-year-old stuff, because I was still like an academic for academic sake, not like I thought business was, was you know, I, I had a kind of opposite, right? I thought academics were smarter and business people were like, they just couldn't hack it from it. It's like kind of the opposite, right? Like academics can't do, so they teach, right? So um, so yeah, I mean, I would definitely network more uh, and take all those opportunities to network, uh, take opportunities to learn. You know, I, I liked school, but again, like much more like practical things, even if it's not, doesn't come out with a certificate or certification that you can put on your resume, take those opportunities to learn, uh, you know, if you can. Right. Sometimes, you know, time and, and the economics make that hard, but take whatever chance you can to learn from people who are doing it. Right. The yep. the academic approach is always kind of limited and dated. Uh, I'm talking about people who are getting MBAs right now uh, and, and learning from people who are really doing it now uh, and getting that mentorships and things like that. You know, I thought I was way smarter than I was. Right. And 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 that approach of saying, like, be open and learn from others um, mm -hmm. and network and network and network uh, is, is really important. Important, especially when you're young, like you want to, you kind of want to have
have like your social life and you want to kind of keep these things compartmentalized, but the more you kind of merge it, the kind of better, like having good friends yeah. in the yeah. industry that are really friends is really important. And yeah. I didn't learn that until way late. Right. Yeah. It's I like, agree with that right? for sure. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I, social I, media I makes it easier than ever. Right. But it's like, you know, and we didn't have that when I was 20, you know, we didn't. Yeah. Didn't, LinkedIn really wasn't really a thing, thing when, you know, yeah. when I was in, in exactly. I mean, yeah, when I was 20, I had to go to a room to get email. You know what I mean? Your lab at school. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, so these, so, so the people coming up now have so many more tools to, to make this easier, so much more online stuff. I mean, totally. you know, utilize ChatGPT as like the best card catalog and learning thing mm-hmm. uh, about, you know, you know, succinct ways of learning about marketing concepts, go to market concepts, things like that. You know, there, there's just so many tools uh, that, that I wish I had. Uh, I don't want to say how many years ago it was when I was 20, but uh, the, all the time. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something you'd like to ask me? You know, uh, you do work, uh, you know, kind of in your day job other than doing podcasts with some clients. I mean, what are their biggest challenges? I mean, we we talked at a very macro level about how things are changing early on, but what are the kind of the rubber meeting the road? What is the big worry that the people that are seeking, you know, your help? Like, what are people most concerned about right now? Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of it is all about generating new business right now. Um, but what I find, especially in like that manufacturing, you know, industrial space that we, we tend to lean into, um, the biggest issue that I see is everyone just focus on that, that lead gen, getting that new opportunity, but they're not reviewing that entire customer journey. Like we talked about, I mean, it's not just on, you know, who's the next person I can sell that, that should not be your primary focus. Um, it's about, you know, nurturing those opportunities and and warming them up a little bit too. It's not going direct to the sale. I don't know why everyone thinks that just because you're online means it's going to be a faster sale. Um, but it's that long-term, you know, you have to retain them. You have to continue to them. You have to make them feel special too, because your competition is trying to get their attention as well. So they're yeah. looking at the customer journey from that infinity loop perspective is a great, great way to, to take a look at that. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. We have time for one more question. Sure. But yeah. So in that vein, I mean, like you're saying, you're talking about some kind of like, let's call them traditional laggards, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to get into AI with that, but like how, <laughs> how ready for prime time, so to speak, are they at least in their acceptance of like looking at like chat and other tools for their web properties as like full cycle nurture rather than just, um, or even just for like lead gen, like how much are they getting into like omni-channel or, or multi-channel versus like their traditional, just like they they blast some emails, they build some drips, they might have a couple forms on their website. I mean, how are they getting to, how are they looking at at, at chat and other things as a, as a full nurture, as well as, you know, uh, something that brings them to, to, to on par with some of their competitors and things like that. Yeah. How's that happening in your world? I would say it's very slow. Yeah. It's a very slow sell um, because my my assumption here is because there's it's a lot of gray area from like there's lack of education or lack of understanding because, you know, a lot of the manufacturers that I've worked with, this their mentality is this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of reservation to trusting the, the technology and the screen um, from a marketing and sales and relationship standpoint, because it's always been shaking hands in a room, meeting at a trade show. You know, this is the kind of, this is how they've done business and this is what they know business to be. So there's a lot of reservation hesitation to kind of step into the new age of of business. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I I, I can, I can, I can see.
see how that was. We did, we had a lot of uh, manufacturing clients when I was uh, running uh, marketing departments at Sugar CRM, and they were so laggard that it was like it didn't matter that we weren't Salesforce, right? Because we didn't need to have all those bells and whistles. They're like, we just want we just want to track our customers. <laughs> we want to just track our opportunities, and it's very meat and potatoes, right? But but a little bit of incremental stuff can sometimes open their eyes. So I'm sure someone like you is probably good at that, and hopefully helping them out. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's all about education. Yep. And and you know even to your the conversation we the conversation we've been having about the customer journey, it's you know I'm not going to educate them on all of the options. It's you know here's here's the and I'm trying not to say this, but I'm going to like the low hanging fruit. Like this is the easiest you know yeah. dip your toe in the water kind of approach. And then now that you're comfortable with that, let's add on another component. But I mean you don't know how many people I've said, hey, having any sort of chat feature, whether it's a live human or leveraging automation or AI. I mean, there's so much data that says, you know, you're going to increase your close rates by doing this yeah, <laughs> or and, have and higher and numbers. It's, and, it's close, and it's time. Even if your close it, rates stay the same, your time to close shrinks, right? Yes. So. I mean, there's there's a, a whole bunch of positives to it, but it is a big step in an unknown territory for it's, a lot of yeah. these individuals. So. Get the light bulbs to go on first and then everything else follows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, Martin, I know that you've got you've got something to offer our listeners, right? There's a book being published. Yes. Correct? So we have um we have put together what we call the Chief Growth Officer's Handbook. Now, again, when, when we talk about converged growth and we talk about the chief growth officer, we may be not talking about a single person that gets a job with that title, right? It might be an office of the chief growth officer, but the 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 concept the principles, and even if you are looking for someone to do that, we include a position description in the book. Uh, but it's really about rethinking your go-to-market through that converged growth lens. And we've put together this whole book to do it. We're in the finishing pages, uh, finishing pages, finishing stages of the final pages, so to speak, uh, of putting it out. So uh, if you actually go to annuitus.com slash chief growth officer handbook, um, you can actually uh, go and, and sign up to be the first people to get the digital copy. We'll also be, there'll be a print copy, but obviously digital is faster and easier. And uh, so we're making that uh, available, uh, you know, as, as a kind of pre-order. Uh, and it's it's a really great tool for thinking about and, and operationalizing and some getting started tips for a lot of what I just said in these big shifts that we're going to have to account for in our go-to-market organization. So, uh, you know, and it's free. So just, uh, just a, you know, really great um, uh, tool and, and resource for people to, to really start kind of thinking and re-energizing and transforming their go-to-market. Love that. We'll include um, all that information. We'll include the link in yep. the show notes as well. So if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? Uh, LinkedIn's easy. Just find me. Uh, it's, you know, uh, Martin A. Schneider. All one line is my, if you do the LinkedIn slash in slash, you know, one, if you can mm -hmm, go direct. Mm -hmm. But I'm easy to find. Just, you know, Martin Schneider, Annuitous Research, uh, or even find me through some of my old jobs like Sugar CRM. They'll, they'll pop up still from the LinkedIn. Uh, cool. and, and that's that. I don't, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I've boycotted Twitter, so. <laughs> <That's about> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> we'll uh, definitely include all that information in our notes as well. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Lori, thank you for having me. This was a great conversation and hopefully we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital Huge. Thank you to Martin for taking the time to connect with us. If you have a burning marketing or relationship question, reach out. I'd love to answer it on the show. And as mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn, connect with Martin, connect with me. We're both looking forward to hearing from you. All right, go out there and get noticed.